Good morning, and welcome to the Blockade Runner podcast. My name is John, and joining me this morning with a very special coffee mug is Ryan. What's up, Ryan? Hi, John, and uh, your mug is indeed. It is a pork uh, coffee mug, and it's probably my favorite coffee mug ever. Yeah, that thing is amazing. Um, you are lucky to have a Disney store near you, and I am lucky to have a friend like you, Ryan, because you uh, have generously chosen to uh, share the love and uh, send a poured coffee mug like that my way. So um, I'm I'm super excited to uh, to join in. I actually had an offer from uh, two of my friends at work too to uh, pick one up for me. So um, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Star Wars fans and uh, slash my friends have been very generous with. Uh, making sure I get a poured coffee mug. So, um, so I'm, I'm stoked to get it, uh, in the mail from you. So, uh, but we are here this morning, not only to discuss, uh, Porg coffee mugs and, and Porgs in general, but we're here to discuss, um, the news that broke last week about Colin Trevorrow, um, being, well, leaving episode nine, Star Wars episode nine, I guess you'd say. Um, so we're going to talk, we're going to, devote the whole episode to that topic. Uh, we want to talk about uh, what the news is, um, maybe why it happened, uh, both what uh, Lucasfilm is telling us and what we can we can sort of uh, infer about that too. Um, we're going to talk about a few articles uh, from the press um, discussing what happened. And then uh, I'm actually, you know, kind of excited to talk about what this might mean for the future of episode nine, um, who may step in to direct the movie, uh, what we're looking for in, you know, a replacement director, um, that sort of thing. So, um, that's, that's the agenda here. And, uh, let's just jump right in by discussing the actual news here. Um, the statement, I guess, from, from Lucasfilm, uh, what, what day was this that this broke, Ryan? Was this on, uh, Wednesday of last week? Tuesday or Tuesday. Wednesday. Tuesday or Wednesday of last week. Yeah, it was a, it was a work day, you know. Yeah. Um, kind of in the middle of the day. And it was, yeah, well, it was, it was almost like four o'clock or something, I think, but or at least my time. But I was, uh, I was definitely shocked. <laughs> um, and uh, I think uh, our friend of the show, Caleb, texted me. I think he was the first one that texted me about it. I can't remember. Basically just said like the words, uh, something like, uh, did you see the news about Trevor O? You know, and or did you see the news about episode nine, one or the other? And I, I knew immediately, you know, I knew immediately. Um, it's funny too, because I had been one of the people who was like, they're not going to do it. They're not going to remove Trevor O. Like everybody's overreacting. Um, mm. But they did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would, I would definitely say surprise was not the emotion I felt. Oh, wow. Okay. Finding All right. out about this. Okay. All right. Well, we'll get into that. But why don't we read the statement here? Um, this was posted on starwars.com and I'm sure sent out to, uh, press outlets and stuff too. But, um, this is, this is how the announcement was made. Um, posted on starwars.com, Lucasfilm and Colin Trevorrow have mutually chosen to part ways on Star Wars episode nine. Colin has been a wonderful collaborator throughout the development process, but we have all come to the conclusion that our visions for the project differ. We wish Colin the best and we'll be sharing more information about the film soon. Um, what, what do you think about starting this? To, starting to get familiar. <laughs> these, yeah. uh, these statements, <laughs> like, I think, do they just like cut and paste someone's name? 
come each time. Yeah. Well, you know, I should have pulled up the, uh, and it wouldn't be too hard to do this now, but I should have pulled up the statement about uh, Miller and Lord, Lord and Lord, from yeah. Han Solo. Um, I feel like this one is, I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I feel like it is potentially the most declarative of all of them, the most assertive <laughs> and just like, this was not going to work. All parties involved are like, no, <laughs> this <laughs> happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, they, they are careful, of course, to say we wish Colin the best and he's been a great collaborator. Um, but I think it's also very clear in that statement that, like, this would not have been good or just couldn't happen. Um, mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, um, I guess we can jump into uh, to sort of what the statement, you know, offers in terms of why he's out. I think the first thing, the uh, the kind of the the primary argument in that statement is that their visions for the project differ. Colin Trevorrow's vision for the project and Lucasfilm's vision for the project differ. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's a problem. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not, not good for the third film in your trilogy to have, uh, have people not really on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. When there's been a lot of people involved and it's like a very big vision like this one this makes a lot more sense to me than the like the han solo one because like i was kind of ready for the han solo one to be kind of like this quirky lord and miller film um i'd kind of like braced myself for that and that's what i was kind of expecting and i guess hoping for um obviously with some guidance from lucasfilm so it didn't go too far off the rails but with this like it's you know the third film in the series isn't really your um chance to be like an auteur uh on something like this so i mean and I don't know. It feels like, yeah, you gotta be like, everyone has to be on this, the same page because, you know, these films have been directed by different people. They've been written by different people, but they all have to form this cohesive whole. So, um, yeah, I mean the, this one, this one I really get. Yeah, for sure. And you know, um, you're bringing home and wrapping up a trilogy of films, like you said. So yeah, you, you have to have a cohesive, kind of uh, vision and it has to work with the previous two movies um and i you know i don't know if i, I feel weird saying this but like I, I think like in this case well actually i don't feel weird saying this this is a totally normal and cool thing to say um <laughs> i think that i don't care what colin i mean i shouldn't say i don't care but like colin trevorrow's vision in this case is not as important to me as lucasfilm's vision because colin yeah. trevorrow is not the one who has put together this trilogy and colin trevorrow is you know he's coming in to finish up what lucasfilm has been creating all throughout you know what i mean mm -hmm. so you i feel like in that case when you are hired to make someone else's movie to a certain extent like your vision needs to line up with theirs not theirs needs to change to line up with colin trevorrow's i guess is, is uh is one way of thinking of that mm -hmm. um and, you know, you mentioned the word auteur. I, I don't know that much about Colin Trevorrow, but, like, I, I he doesn't... I don't know. Um, no, and that that maybe wasn't appropriate. I was kind of oh, exaggerating there. No, yeah, but it's interesting to consider because, like, for me, I'm trying to figure out where did this all break down? Where is the problem in this relationship? Because clearly, you know, when they hired Colin Trevorrow, he knew he was coming to make a Star Wars movie. I don't think he's... 
And he doesn't strike me like Ryan Johnson, you know, Ryan Johnson strikes me as somebody who might come in and, and really have a weird take on a Star Wars movie. And there's been discussion of that, et cetera. Colin Trevorrow seems like the guy who would come in and make a Star Wars movie, you know, and I, I watched Jurassic World, you know, we could talk about that or maybe we have before. It's a good movie, I think, in a lot of ways, but like uh, it's not, I mean, it, it, it's, it's almost slavish to like the format of Jurassic Park. I, it feels like a Jurassic Park cover band. You know what I mean? Like this is to me, when I heard they were bringing Colin Trevorrow to me, this is like, this is a guy who can come in and make something that feels just like what came before, you know, he can emulate the style because he emulated Steven, you know, there's, there's problems with Jurassic world. Like I, I can't remember Ryan exactly where you stand on that. There's problems with it. <laughs> But in terms of like somebody effectively coming in and making a, a movie that feels like another installment in that franchise and like has the same kind of style and beats and stuff as Jurassic Park, I think, I don't know how you, I mean, to me, he did it really well and it made a ton of money. So I feel like that's, you know, can't really be the issue. Um, I don't know if you agree with that or not, but. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like <laughs> I, Jurassic World felt like, Jurassic Park, but like way dumber mm -hmm. <laughs> to me. Um, and yeah. I don't know if you've seen um, his other film, uh, one of his other films, Safety Not Guaranteed. No. Um, I uh, I rented that and I actually, it's one of the few movies that like halfway through, I was like, I can't finish this. I don't like this so much. Really? <laughs> like okay. it was, I. I know a lot of people really liked it. I found it like completely insufferable <laughs> in every way. Wow. Um, that's what got him the job for Jurassic World. Yeah. And I mean, and that's totally cool. And I know people like Jurassic World, but something about his films like really rubs me the wrong way in like a way that not many directors do for me. And okay. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but um yeah i've just i've just never enjoyed any of his films not saying like he's untalented or he's a jerk or anything like that i just can't enjoy his films okay so. um yeah well so for me the way i'm looking at this is that it's got to be the script you know that that's my that's why i brought up jurassic world because i feel like it was really effective at uh at emulating a style, whether it's a good movie, a bad movie, whatever. I just felt mm -hmm. like, you know, this is a guy who he can handle a blockbuster. He can make a technical movie. He can do this kind of movie. Sure. But my problems with Jurassic World come in terms of like story, right? So you said it mm -hmm. feels like Jurassic Park, but way dumber. Like that, that was my thing with Colin Trevorrow coming in. And when they initially announced that Trevorrow was going to be doing the movie, I'm sure you remember that statement, like Ryan Johnson's writing a treatment and then Trevorrow and his writing partner will do the script based on Ryan Johnson's treatment and, and Trevorrow will direct. Well, now we found out that Ryan Johnson never wrote that treatment, that it was Colin Trevorrow and his writing partner who were developing the movie from, from the beginning. And that's where my concern came in. You know, if, if, mm -hmm. if I would feel much more comfortable with Colin Trevorrow directing the completed script for episode nine that somebody else wrote, you know, that Lawrence Kasdan or Ryan Johnson or whoever wrote, and then mm -hmm. he's going to direct it. You know, for me, I'd, I'd be kind of excited about that. And, and, and I would even like, I think of return of the Jedi, you know, you look back at Richard Marquand who directed return of the Jedi. I think that's a guy just that was hired to get the job done. And there's all yeah. kinds of discussion about whether or not, you know, George Lucas really directed that movie, et cetera. But like, 
Irvin Kirshner, you brought in for Empire because he was going to do things differently. He was going to put a unique spin on it. It was going to be a character piece, etc. Like that's when you get a director like him. And I think that he's more comparable to um, Irvin Kirshner is more comparable to Ryan Johnson. I think Trevor, you know, always seemed to me like more of like the Richard Marquand type guy. He's not going <laughs> to, he's not going to do anything, you know, crazy or experimental, yeah. but he's going to, you know, effectively make this, this big blockbuster. Yeah. Um, so I think it had to be script uh, like a problem with the story. That's, that's what I'm assuming at this point, but there's more speculation from some press outlets. So maybe we could jump into that and talk about, Mm -hmm. talk about those things. Um, I'm sure you read the Hollywood reporter. I think you actually, I know that you, uh, you sent that story along to Kevin and I, Mm -hmm. um, and this story broke that night, right? The same night that, uh, the, the, the news, uh, dropped, um, and there's the there's the one quote there from the Hollywood Reporter, yeah, <laughs> which is kind of a bombshell. Um, sources say that the working relationship between Trevorrow and Lucasfilm head Kathleen Kennedy became unmanageable. So that was our first bit of like sort of press speculation or insider rumors or whatever you want to say about what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think that's about? Like, <laughs> um, what do you think about this like this uh, unmanageable relationship with Kathleen Kennedy? Yeah, and I mean, this is something we kind of saw come up in um, some of the scuttlebutt around the Lord and Miller um, departure as well. Um, I I want to give Kathleen Kennedy the benefit of the doubt um, because I feel like she, um, you know, she's been a great um shepherd of the franchise so far um i think you know the assembly of like the lucasfilm story group has been incredible for all aspects of star wars and um you know kind of like we've talked about uh they lucasfilm is two for two uh with star wars films uh both you know Force Awakens and Rogue One are awesome and made us very happy as Star Wars fans. Um, so I think she cares deeply about her role as, um, you know, the overseer of the franchise. And um, she really just wants everything to because she cares deeply about like the relationship she had with George Lucas or still has and um, I think she will do whatever it takes to keep Star Wars the way that you know it was originally envisioned um, possibly to a fault but I think there are some things that from what we can kind of see here there's some areas where she will not budge on stuff and um for better or worse i think that's kind of uh that's kind of where we're at with uh with kind of the head of uh lucasfilm sure yeah um i think you know about me that uh i adore kathleen kennedy um i'm really like i'm so impressed with her uh Mm -hmm. you know as everyone is considering her you know 30-year career of you know, producing some of the best movies, like best blockbuster movies ever uh, and otherwise. But, you know, I mean, she's she's incredible in my mind. And like the, the key to all of this, as you've said, it, it really sort of how I'm interpreting this is is kind of two things. I trust her 
you know, implicitly, I trust Kathleen Kennedy uh, to do the right thing. And this looks bad. You know, this is kind of rough. Like we've had two directors fired, uh, you know, this year uh, or three directors, <laughs> but, you know, two two different uh, movies. The directors were removed this year. Uh, uh -huh. We had all the all the, you know, tall tales or otherwise about the Rogue One uh, reshoots and and what happened with uh, Gareth Edwards there. So it looks bad. It looks like this is uh, maybe an autocratic leader of uh, Lucasfilm who just can't get along and, and accepts no compromise, et cetera. Um, it looks bad from that from that angle. But uh, I just, so far, I can't see it that way because I trust her. And I think that, uh, I think that if she's doing this, she's doing this um, because it's necessary to do this. And, uh, you know, I would rather see some negative press and some, you know, concerned bloggers writing about, you know, <laughs> you know, potential problems with the movies for, you know, the next year or two than sit down in that movie theater and see a bad Star Wars movie, you know? Um, and, and that was the other thing I was going to say. It's like, we've, we've gotten two great Star Wars movies from her. And I mean, I'm already ready to, you know, uh, to claim that, that episode eight is going to be great too. I can't mm -hmm. imagine a scenario in which it's not, you know, so you're talking three excellent star Wars movies. Um, and I feel bad for Colin Trevorrow. I haven't said that yet. You know, I empathize with the guy. I do feel bad mm -hmm. and I'm not, you know, like then when we got this news, it's not like I'm sitting around like, uh, you know, bring, you know, feeling joy about the fact that somebody lost their job. I, I feel super bad about it actually. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I can't imagine, can you imagine? I can't imagine. Um, being handed the keys to a Star Wars movie and then having them taken away, it would be, it would be terrible. Uh, actually, did you read that piece uh, with Ryan Johnson in the New York Times um, that came out? No, I saw that floating around. I didn't get a chance to read it though. Yeah, it's it's a it's definitely a really um, good interview. It's not super lengthy or anything, um, but uh, one of the comments he made there is that when Kathleen Kennedy, you know, um, offered him the job to direct episode eight. He had, he, he was like, can I have some time to think about it? Because, uh, he was concerned that star Wars had meant so much to him. He was like, well, what if I have a bad experience with this? Is this going to taint star Wars for me forever? You know, mm. um, huh. that would be, that would be, it's like if you met George Lucas and he was like a total jerk and like, you know, <laughs> you're like, uh, <laughs> like I'm going to have trouble enjoying star Wars the way I used to. Yeah. After that. Yeah. Um, so I feel really bad for Colin Trevorrow and I'm not, I'm sure there are some people who are like, you know, awesome, good, like, you know, the guy sucks, whatever. Um, I don't know. I, I haven't been blown away by any of his movies, but uh, he's a person who lost a really incredible opportunity. So um, yeah, I, I mean, even as someone who kind of deeply dislikes his films, um, I still like just as a human being losing their job like that, uh, feels awful especially like you know um same with like lord and miller like once you've devoted like so much of your life because movie making is not like a nine to five job um it's a very uh high stress uh 24 7 anxiety inducing uh experience um and with a lot of pressure and uh that i mean just to put all that work in and then just have it completely deflate. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's gotta be really tough. So yeah, I definitely feel for everyone who has been affected by this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, one more note on Kathleen Kennedy here. Um, 
I I feel like if if there's if I'm going to uh, to criticize her at this point, I think like the error maybe that Lucasfilm and Kathleen Kennedy maybe have made here is just uh, pulling the trigger too quickly on hiring um, mm. you know people for these movies. To me, the the mistake. I feel like the mistake was hiring Trevor in the first place, um, not like removing him from the movie when it wasn't going to work out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like the 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 way it's being discussed a lot of times is like, well, they keep firing people, so um, that's a problem. I, I mean, it is a problem, but for me, like, mm-hmm. let's look at the source. The source of the problem is not that they're. I mean, the the the, the problem itself is is maybe not that they're they're firing these people, but perhaps like um, just hiring them maybe a little too quickly. Um, some people would argue maybe they're making the movies too quickly, which is necessitating, uh, mm-hmm. hiring people too quickly. But, but I don't know about that because Trevor was hired so long ago, you know? Um, and, and he made, a, he made another movie in like the meantime between his, uh, his hiring and firing. <laughs> well, he's, and he's one of these guys. It, it seems like, um, I was checking out his IMDb and stuff the other day, um, he seems to be one of these guys who's a little bit uh, like J.J. Abrams-esque in the, in the sense that he's got a few different things he's producing, it seems like, almost mm. all the time. You know, he's he's working on a few a few different things. I remember I was reading um, an interview with him or some comments from him maybe like six months ago when he was talking about how like his mornings were Star Wars and his afternoons were Jurassic World or the, or the you know, the inversion of that. I'm not sure one or the other. But anyway, the point is like he was doing half days on each movie. Um, and he's not directing Jurassic World, uh, but he's still one of the you know primary producers on that movie. So, uh, yeah, oh, the second one, Jurassic yeah, World Two, yeah, are you Jurassic talking about? Yeah, yeah. So he's got he had a lot going on, and and yeah. I, I think they just brought him in really early. Um, you know, maybe before they necessarily needed to. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of pre-production work that goes into these movies, but uh, I don't know. Um, so that that's that's how I kind of think like if if I'm going to criticize um, Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm right now, I, that, that's where my criticism lays. Is maybe um, we're just jumping the gun on hiring people, um, or maybe we're maybe it's not clear, you know, not clear enough that like, look, you work for us, okay? We're not hiring you to uh, yeah to, to 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 decide for yourself what what Star Wars is going to be. We need you to follow direction. So maybe there's a little bit of that going on too. Yeah, and like I, I do like get and respect the uh, they're hiring because it seems like they really are going for these like young um, visionary directors um, it, from like you know kind of all over the place genre wise that can you know they uh, start in the indie world. Um, make make one blockbuster. They make their American graffiti, uh, and then uh, then get hired. Like pretty much all of the directors have had like a very Lucas esque career path with like a, um, you know like an indie film or two, then like one blockbuster of moderate success, whether it be Godzilla or Looper or Jurassic World or Lego Movie or whatever. Um, and then get, you know, then it's Star Wars time. And, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> the, I guess that's like the, the new film school career path. <laughs> you know, you make your indie, you make your, uh, your relatively successful blockbuster, and then you make a Star Wars movie. 
Yeah. Well, it, it may be, Ryan, that there uh, there's I, I feel like there's probably a lot of young filmmakers out there who are like, uh, <laughs> if that's the if that's the career path, like, <laughs> why am I being overlooked or whatever, you know, like, uh, yeah, a lot of people out there that, that uh, would love it if that were true, that that's the career path. But for the for for a sometimes lucky, sometimes unlucky um, chosen few, I guess that has been the, the career path, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's jump into uh, talking about a few other rumors. This this article, I'm not uh, quite as impressed with this Vulture.com article. Maybe it's not the comment or the article itself, but the the comments from the insider. Uh, yeah, that this one's weird. I don't. But there's good. There's yeah. there's yeah. Okay, well, Juiced, okay. it's juicy. But like, man, <laughs> where is this coming from? Like, who is this? kind of uh, thing well the, the the author of the article does use the word craptacular uh at one point and uh, uh-huh. kind of lost me there um but uh one of the early points made in the article is is that uh, lucasfilm maybe got scared um or or uh, got cold feet about um trevorrow after the book of henry came out um mm-hmm. and that I, I don't see i'm not sure about that um i was reading about you know trevorrow and the book of henry and stuff um quite a bit at the time that that movie came out this summer because there were so many people who were like, he's going to lose his job because this movie is so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what what I had read at the time is that that movie had been done for like, I don't know, a year or a year and a half. It had been in the can sitting there waiting to be released and uh, Lucasfilm had seen it, you know? Um, so I don't, I don't know. I don't think they were like surprised by the book of Henry um, this summer in, in that, really led to this that that i have trouble kind of believing all right so i don't know what um if you had any thoughts on that the book of henry stuff i i don't think that's really a factor here personally yeah i i don't really see it that way um it couldn't have helped no but (laughs) it that seems like such a different movie than Mm -hmm. what star wars is or like the type of movie they hired right or um colin trevorrow to make uh, it just seems like a non-issue. It's kind of like, I mean, that that movie just seemed like something that was done for a paycheck. Um, but did he write that actually? Yeah, I think he did. It's a, okay. I think it's an adaptation of a, a story or a novel. Um, okay. Is when I've been reading about it, I've seen it referred to as like his passion project or something. You know, like it's something he really. I don't know if it was done for a paycheck as much as it was, <clears throat> you know, him trying to do something different or him trying to, you know tackle a really kind of challenging um in in terms of subject matter a really challenging kind of uh film there and i don't know i i mean i haven't seen the movie i have seen a few people say that uh it's uh for the most part it's pretty good but it just it has a major problem you know kind of towards the end of the movie and it falls apart or whatever but you know to me it's like if i'm bob Iger and disney and i'm kathleen kennedy at lucasfilm and stuff and i see that like this guy can't make a indie art house drama film and it didn't make money, <laughs> but this guy can make Jurassic world. One of the highest grossing films of all time to me, like it doesn't matter if he can't make the, you know, the pianist or whatever, like, or, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just, trying, I don't know. Yeah, that was a, okay. But like, <laughs> like if he can't make this like small artsy drama, like, so what? That's not what we hired him for. Yeah. So I just, I don't see yeah. it, but, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. But um, there are a couple other things in here. There's this same comment about the relationship becoming unmanageable, but here it says because of repeated stabs at multiple drafts of, drafts of the script. Again, that's kind of what I was mentioning before. Like at this point in the project, they haven't stepped foot on set. It can't be about pre-production artwork or, you know, any anything like that. Uh, it could be, I guess, about like, you know, the, his his work style, the way he's he's going about approaching pre-production and stuff. But I kind of doubt that, too, mm -hmm. because, again, he successfully made Jurassic World with Kathleen Kennedy's husband. And, I, I, you know, I just don't see any surprises coming in there where I can see surprises and where I can see and where I can really see it being justified to remove the guy is if the script is not coming together and if he's not willing to do what it takes to get the script um, to come together the way it should. And what I mean by that is like hand over the, the responsibility or the keys to, you know, breaking the script and getting this story told to somebody else. Um, that seems like a possibility. I'm just totally speculating here because I don't know, but that seems like a possibility, you know, if you're, if you're Colin Trevorrow and you've been writing your star Wars episode nine for two years, and uh -huh. then Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm look at your script and say, this is just not going to work. We're going to bring in somebody else to write the movie. You're still going to direct it. How does a guy like Colin Trevorrow, how does anybody react to that? You know, um, I think that's a possibility for the relationship breaking down. It's just your story for episode nine, we really can't do. Um, so we're going to have somebody else do the story. Uh, I don't know if that is the kind of thing that maybe he would would accept or I, I mean it seems reasonable that a lot of people wouldn't necessarily accept that if you've put your heart and yeah. soul into a script for a long time well and if like that's how you are like visioning how you're going to approach like the physical task of directing the movie um you know based on uh i mean i guess it's uh i i guess an analogy for us uh like as educators is like you write your lesson plans for a lesson you're going to teach and then your principal comes in, looks at your plans and says, uh, we're going to have someone else write them and we'll get them to you. And then you're just, you're going to teach this lesson. Um, but like, you know, as you're making your plans, you're like, okay, this is where I'm going to stand in the room. This is what I'm going to have on the board. This is, you know, the materials I'm going to have out. And I think, um, when like with writer directors, I think that's, uh, that's a huge chunk of the process and uh and there could have been some like uncertainty about like how to even approach it sure or or just like you know ex extending or going along with that metaphor or that analogy i should say um i've had situations where i've collaborated with other people and you know maybe the lesson plan i'm teaching on an, any given day is one that was put together by somebody else and they've shared it with me or whatever and then i'm using that lesson plan um, maybe I follow it to a T because it's really good or maybe it is really good, but it's just not my style. And I change a bunch mm -hmm. of things to make it work yeah. for me in my classroom. Um, you know, that's okay in that situation. But if you're making this movie for Kathleen Kennedy and you're like, well, you know, it's not really my way of doing it. You can't, I mean, that doesn't work, you know? So, um, there's one more, uh, comment here. Cause I want to kind of move into talking about like, where episode nine is headed at this point, but there's one more comment I want to read here uh, from this vulture.com article. Yeah. It says there's one gatekeeper and this is supposedly from an insider, right? Uh, this, this quote. So there's one gatekeeper when it comes to star Wars and it's Kathleen Kennedy. 
if you rub Kathleen Kennedy the wrong way in any way, you're out, you're done. A lot of these young uh, new directors want to come in and say, I want to do this. I want to do that. A lot of these guys, Lord and Miller, Colin Trevorrow got very rich, very fast and believed a lot of their own hype and they don't want to play by the rules. They want to do shit differently. And Kathleen Kennedy isn't going to fudge around with that. Um, is the, is the quote. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, this sounds like a guy who is uh, is pretty pro Kathleen Kennedy. I would say, especially if he's like a, a it's a movie producer. Well, you know that's that's Kathleen Kennedy's role, right? He's not a director, and yeah. uh, you can almost hear in those comments maybe he's had to deal with some young hotshot directors that uh, <laughs> he he felt were a little arrogant and egotistical or whatever. So, it, is this quote from James Cameron? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know what? <laughs> I can see it actually. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's my head cannon right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I don't really like the idea that if you rub Kathleen Kennedy the wrong way in any way, you're out because that kind of mm-hmm. paints her as somebody who refuses to compromise at all. And mm-hmm. I doubt that's the case. But uh, I do think, again, you know, um, whoever gets hired for these jobs, you have to understand that Lucasfilm is ultimately responsible for these pictures. Uh, Lucasfilm has the overall vision, you know, for putting these movies out as a series, as a saga. Um, And uh, I'm not, I mean, I don't think any of us are okay with the idea of, you know, um, Kathleen Kennedy hiring Colin Trevorrow two years ago to make episode nine. Uh, meanwhile, episode seven, episode eight are produced. Ray's story is being told through these two movies. Colin Trevorrow comes in and has some wildly different concept for what the movie should be, how that story should be concluded. I'm not okay with the idea that because they hired him, he gets to decide that even if like they don't like it and it doesn't fit with what Lucasfilm wanted for the trilogy because it's their, it's their movie. It's not his, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm just uh, like, I know I've already made this clear, but I'm just very team, you know, go, go, go with someone else. If, if what, you know, this person is doing is not going to line up with what we want. And I think that in this case specifically, it is okay. It wasn't his idea. He didn't bring this to the table. He was hired to do a job. If he doesn't want to do it or he can't do it, then I'm not, you know, I'm not going to criticize, um, Lucasfilm for taking steps to correct that. And uh, so I think that's where we're at. Um, It'll be interesting to see how careful they are in hiring future directors because of the problems they've had uh, along these lines. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but I I think, you know, you've got to, you got to take steps to, to correct, um, to correct this situation if it's leading to a movie that's not what it should be. Yeah. I mean, especially on the saga films, the numbered, yeah films following um you know in a sequence i still i do still hope that they maybe become a little more flexible with the star wars stories because i would like to see those getting a little bit weirder and you know maybe not necessarily being for everyone every time Mm -hmm. um i kind of you know um because i don't i don't want us to fall into like a a predictable glut with star Wars movies. Like I want there to be surprises and, um, and I think so far, like, yeah, like I feel like rogue one is, um, is very unexpected in a lot of ways. Like I've, I feel like, you know, the, just, um, the darkness and emotional depth to it, but also some of like the, 
the comedy. I think it's like weirdly like it's like the saddest Star Wars film, but it's also might be the funniest uh, in a lot of ways. And I think like, you know, leaning into that on the on the stories would be would be great. But um, well, if you're saying it's the funniest, you must be forgetting about C-3PO in the droid factory at the end of Attack of the Clones. I am not forgetting about that because uh, <laughs> I just watched Attack of the Clones last week, um, and I, I definitely did not forget about C three PO in the uh, in the Colosseum on Geonosis yeah. either, and okay. the yeah. the puns that mm -hmm. just do not stop, and mm -hmm. they are wonderful. But mm -hmm. um, but it still just doesn't top uh, KTSO. KTSO um, is incredible. You, you know, um, I, I well go ahead. I think you were. You had another thought you were. I was on. actually just going to talk about KTSO. Oh, okay. So yeah, he's the best. Probably, we can probably move on. He's the best. Um, yeah. He is the best. I think, and I'm, I, I'm sorry I can't give credit to whoever said this because um, I read a lot of Star Wars uh, commentary and I listen to a lot of Star Wars podcasts, but somebody, not me, not my idea, but somebody made the really good point, I think, recently that uh, might have been Steel Saunders because I listen to a lot of Steel Saunders podcasts. Yeah. Um, He's and, very uh, prolific. <laughs> he is super prolific. And you know what? Why don't I just give a little plug here? Shout out. Uh, he is uh, he has a Patreon and uh, he's doing a Patreon push right now uh, this month to uh, get some some more people joining up on his Patreon because uh, he's uh, got to replace his uh, his laptop, which I can uh, I can I can relate to that uh, that pain uh, myself. Not right now. I'm good now, but I've, I've been there before. Mm. Um, but, uh, I, I recently joined, um, his Patreon, uh, a couple months ago and it's $3 a month for his Patreon, which you can, you can also just join up and, you know, do a dollar a month. And that's like the tip, you know, like, Hey, I'll just throw you a buck a month, but for $3 a month, you get uh, access to, to all the podcasts he does. Um, so there's some other Patreons and, you know, you know, do what you want with your Patreon if you have one, but there's some other Patreons that sort of have, well, if you pay this much, you get these shows. And if you pay a little more, you get these other shows with the, mm -hmm. with the steel wars, uh, Patreon, it's like three bucks and you get everything. And I feel like it's actually, um, a crazy good deal because he puts out a ton of shows and they're all really, really good. So, mm -hmm. um, anybody who's interested, um, in I'm driving listeners away from our own podcast to someone else's, but, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, go check out steel, uh, steel wars, uh, steel wars.com. Cause it's, it's one of the best, um, star Wars shows out there. So, uh, but anyway, um, yes. Oh, the point, uh, the point is I heard someone else mm. make this really good point. <laughs> and what it is, is that, uh, I think they can, they can experiment more with tone and different styles and stuff when they move away from characters we know. I think that's when maybe you can get like a goofier, funnier Star Wars movie or whatever. Because, you know, I think bringing Lord and Miller in to do their style of Star Wars movie is one thing, but when it's Han Solo, like you, you need to be careful, I think. And if it was just some new character and new, you know, new scenario that was being created, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. I mean, they don't want a movie that doesn't work out, but it's not, you know, it's not messing with the character of Han Solo that we all know and love. So I think maybe that's when we can get a little more experimentation going. We've, we've spent about 35 or 40 minutes here uh, talking about, you know, what happened with Trevor O being out and it's and all that stuff about, about five, five minutes about poured coffee mugs and another 30 or 35 about what happened with Trevor O. So let's, Let's um, direct the second half of the podcast towards what this could mean for the future of episode nine. Yeah. Um, it was probably naive, but I was kind of hoping 
you know, because we're recording this about five days after the news broke. I was kind of hoping maybe they would have announced a director um, by now. Um, yeah. I was talking to Kevin the other morning. I think they know who's directing episode nine at this point. I don't think they, they removed Trevor O until they probably had a pretty good idea of who would be doing the movie. What do you think about that? Possibly. Um, I think I feel like the turnaround on the Han Solo film, um, you know, announcing that Ron Howard has taken over uh, director duties. Um, I think that was probably that was about five days, right? Mm-hmm. It was like within the, the same week. Um, yeah, it was really fast. But then, you know, the other thing to consider with that is that they had to turn around and keep making that movie you know within the oh yeah of a couple weeks. it was like deep in production yeah, yeah. they were shooting it right, yeah right. um i don't know like uh maybe they'll wait until episode eight is out that seems like a really long time um but i mean that I don't know. I think they'd have trouble keeping it under wraps, though. Honestly. Yeah, because they've yeah they've got to like be working on episode nine pre production at this point or well, very it was, soon. It was reportedly uh, well, not even reportedly. I mean, this is straight from the source, straight from Lucasfilm. It was supposed to start shooting in January. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know if that's still going to be the case, which we could talk about later. But uh, but uh, yeah, they're, they're they're deep into pre production because they're they were were approaching you know production and let's not forget that this movie is supposed to come out a year and a half after episode nine i mean episode eight so the idea was for this to to happen really quickly you know yeah um i I I don't think they're ever gonna hit those may release dates for any of these (laughs) well i'm here to tell you that han solo comes out in may of 2018 uh, but uh that is uh uh that we'll see if that happens but that's what i think um, all right. Well, let's talk about uh, the rumored replacements for for Colin, uh, Colin Trevorrow. Uh, a lot of people are talking J.J. Abrams and or Ryan Johnson. Um, I could see either of I those guys. I've actually seen um, Ryan Johnson come up uh, more than once uh, re- recently in like those talks are happening in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, according to the rumor mill, mm-hmm. um, that seems like the most likely one. I've seen. I've also seen a lot of people's like wishful um, thinking, which is you know a lot of it, and that's fun too. But mm-hmm. it, I have a feeling it's going to be Ryan Johnson. I mean, how I can't, <laughs> I can't describe to you how joyful that would make me. Like how exciting. I think I would I would have to get up and like you know dance in circles for a while if if I saw the announcement that uh, that Ryan Johnson was going to be directing episode nine that would be to me the dream scenario just because you have the same guy doing eight and nine one of the big concerns that I've had a lot of people have had about this sequel trilogy is like how much of a plan was there how much cohesion is there between these movies when these different people are making them mm-hmm. and you know, how much of a united kind of uh, cohesive, you know, set of films is it going to be, you know, in the past with the other two trilogies, it was always George at the helm, regardless if he was directing or not, you knew um, that he was kind of the controlling, I mean, he was writing the stories, you know, so mm-hmm. um, you knew where it was going to go in regards to that kind of thing. 
And so it's just been a little bit of a concern with uh, with these movies that it's three different writers and directors. Um, if it turned out that J.J. got the ball rolling with Lawrence Cass and, and then Ryan Johnson was the writer and director behind the the, the two, you know, the, the, the second two movies, I mean, or the next two movies, that would be that would be great, I think. Yeah, but I mean, you do like have to consider like there are some elements of, I guess, stewards here with the Lucasfilm story group um, kind of keeping, you know, some um, cohesion and themes and plot threads um, going throughout. They're like, you know, you combine all those people together and you get like this mecha George Lucas, I guess. But uh, I mean, so there is like, it's not like the movies are being like just passed from one writer director to the next like there i i do think there is you know like that group is is offering a lot of oversight too yeah well there's the story group although um you know the way ryan johnson describes it is is not that the story group is there to tell him what movie to make but more like they're there to support his idea for how to do the movie Mm -hmm. um but i think you know we want to talk about kathleen kennedy not you and i but in general as star wars fans you know a lot of us want to talk about kathleen look at that porg mug Oh my goodness! Oh, that's so good. Uh, um, <laughs> we want to make coffee taste better for real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we want to talk about Kathleen Kennedy as like the, uh, you know, the uh, the dictator there who's you know hiring and firing and uh, you know bringing in all the money or whatever. But like that that is a a consistent creative person who is overseeing mm-hmm. all of this. You know, that's true. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's again when i say i trust kathleen kennedy that's one of the reasons too like i think she's making the right decisions in terms of what these movies should be um while working with people like jj and ryan johnson and um you know she fought to get jj in to do episode seven um you know he initially turned her down and she knew it was the right person to do it and she fought to get him in there and i think that was the right call so um so there is that cohesion but but still to have ryan johnson do it i think would be incredible um another possibility that like I have seen uh, not, not necessarily so much other people saying it, but like something that I could see working out to me, does, does Lucasfilm would Lucasfilm offer Ryan Johnson the job to do episode nine? Absolutely. I can't the, just the way they talk about him. I think that they would love to have him do episode nine. In fact, part of me thinks, and I don't know, this is all speculation and maybe not too uh, fair or kind to Colin Trevorrow, but part of me thinks that maybe what happened here is like, we just spent two years making episode eight with Ryan Johnson. It was a dream. And all along the way, he was making the right calls and he was writing a script that was incredible. He was making a movie that was incredible. The actors loved working with him. The final product is out of this world. And in comparison, our process of working with Colin Trevorrow has not been like that. You know what I mean? I almost feel like it's been so smooth and so good with Ryan Johnson that uh, they don't want to settle for something less effective. Um, so yeah, I think Lucasfilm would would jump at the chance absolutely to have Ryan Johnson just continue on making this movie. Um, but I, you know, try to put myself in his shoes and think like he's you know, probably put like three years straight into Star Wars to do this. And if he was going to make episode nine, you're talking another two to three years. So that's five or six years of his life as a creative person who, you know, a a filmmaker, he's probably got a lot of stories he wants to tell. And I just, I I wonder if he's willing to 
devote that much time, um, to, to doing this. Um, Ryan had to drop out here, so hopefully he's going to jump back in. Um, so I'll just keep monologuing. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm not sure if Ryan Johnson would, would choose to, uh, to put all that, all that time of his life into it. I know he said that, you know, he'd be thrilled to do another star Wars movie in the future, um, that he would absolutely want to do it. And, uh, I'd love to see that, but I, I feel like he might want to break in between. Um, so we'll see, but my kind of scenario that I had mentioned, uh, I don't know if I've seen too many other people say this, but what I would love to see, uh, potentially I, what I would love to see is Ryan Johnson just do it. But if he's not going to be able to just do it, I would love to see Ryan Johnson write the script for episode nine and have, JJ or someone else come in and direct it. I like the idea of JJ coming in and directing it because you know he, we know what we're gonna kind of know what we're gonna get with him, and I'm so thrilled with uh, with episode seven. And you know he really kind of created these characters alongside uh, Lawrence Kasdan. So for him to be the one to to finish up this this trilogy, especially with a partner like um, Ryan Johnson, I think that would be a, a really satisfying way to wrap this whole thing up. Um, I don't know, Ryan. Uh, you you were gone there for a minute, but uh, mm -hmm. I mentioned uh, I didn't know if Ryan Johnson would be able to be able or be willing to devote as much time of his life to doing these. You know, to do two back to back. Yeah, it's a huge commitment. What do you think about Ryan Ryan Johnson writing and then someone else directing his script, like J.J. Abrams or someone else? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of funny because like I by even like a total of like two minutes of the the film he shot for uh episode eight but i think um i think we just have kind of like a good feeling about him uh and um i think his input in any um capacity for episode nine will be um welcome in my opinion yeah yeah for sure uh one of both of our favorite podcasts uh blast points um, they have been uh, kind of arguing for Joe Johnston to get the job. Um, is they're big, you know, they're, they're big. They're big fans of obviously as we all are, but they're they're really into the the, the original trilogy. And, and you know what what they are is they're just they're guys that I think recognize the talent behind the scenes um, and really respect everything that Joe Johnston has has given to the Star Wars property. And so they mm -hmm. would love to see him come in and and do. Uh, do the movie. I don't know how likely that is, but uh, you know, anytime you get somebody who's been part of Star Wars, like really from the ground floor, and you know, he's he's someone who um, is is responsible not just for like incredible special effects in the original Star Wars movies, but for you know, co-creating a lot of the designs and you know, concepts for um, characters and planets and ships. And you know, this is a guy who you know he really was instrumental in creating Star Wars in the first place. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, he would be a great pick, I think. Um, I personally, if it's not going to be JJ or Ryan, I think obviously I'm sure you share this sentiment. It would be great for it to be a woman. Um, mm -hmm. And so Patty Jenkins just did Wonder Woman. Um, I know you love that movie, right? And it was uh, yeah. oh yeah, it's it's incredible. Um, and like I was also a I don't know if fan is the right word because it's not really a movie to be a fan of, but. Um, her film from the go monster um mm -hmm. i thought was really excellent i think she is an incredible director with an incredible vision um i would love to see her do a star wars movie at some point um 
think she's probably I would assume she's probably Wonder Woman 2 stuff though yeah sure 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 um, JJ Abrams mentioned uh, in the past uh, Ava DuVernay who did Selma um, as a, as a potential you know he said if, if I was hiring someone to do a Star Wars movie I would I would hire her um, I think that sounds like a really cool uh, possibility as well um, so that would be great you know but uh, but I have a feeling you know if they weren't already talking to people like that I have a feeling that just JJ Ryan Johnson maybe but I think this is highly doubtful actually probably impossible considering the schedule that Han Solo was on um, Ron Howard you know mm-hmm. I could see but I don't think he would have time to be able to do those movies to do Han Solo and to do um, to do episode nine so you know he's probably not too likely either are there any other names uh because i put together this little list here are there any other names that you have that you're uh... okay okay yeah so my uh my other pick um would be another kind of young director um very young director actually who just uh just had his first uh, successful blockbuster, and that is uh, John Watts, who directed Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, okay. Um, I I feel like that movie is, it's like ridiculously funny, but I think it also has like some very, um, very intense and thoughtful like action sequences um, with a lot of emotion to them um i'm thinking of like the the fight on the beach uh at the end and i also think like he just like nails like um these like kind of character archetypes in that movie and just really makes you care about the entire cast in that film in a way like i hadn't really in previous spider-man films um where you just kind of, uh, you know, the focus is on um, just just Peter, pretty much, um, is like the only character with any real development. Um, but I felt like that ensemble is uh, really, really developed. Uh, uh, Ryan's got to get his hyperdrive looked at here, I think, because we're having some more uh, we're having some more problems uh, techno- uh, technology wise. Um, but, uh, you know, I've just, I, I think I missed some of his, uh, his comments there towards the end, but I love Spider-Man Homecoming as well. So he would be, uh, he'd be a great pick. Uh, oh, Ryan just texted me and said that his hyperdrive is fine. The internet speed is working. So maybe this is, um, maybe this is hangout, hangouts, Google hangouts need to get, uh, get its act together. I don't know. Um, but, uh, you're still frozen on my end there. Uh, so I'm, I'm not sure I haven't seen or heard you in the last uh, few minutes here. But um, yeah, that would be a great pick. Uh, I know people are talking about Dave Filoni also um, as a, a potential director. Um, so I, you know, I I love Dave Filoni. I think uh, Clone Wars and Rebels are both great. So you know, that would be an interesting one. But as someone who's never directed a film, um, and you know, considering they've had a rocky start with um, with you know directors working on Episode Nine, I I, I would be surprised to see uh, them go somewhere like that. Uh, I also have a link here in our show notes, and I'll put it in a link uh, with the podcast to an article by Anthony Bresnikin on EW.com. Uh, he makes the argument for Keith Gordon, uh, which is not someone I'm, I'm familiar with, but 
Uh, Keith Gordon is a guy who directed, uh, well, he's been directing some really good episodes of uh, television shows like Fargo lately, um, uh, according to uh, Mr. Bresnikin, and uh, he's done some 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 really impressive movies um, in the past too, uh, as Anthony puts it. So, but I wanted to include this because he offers a few kind of points, bullet points as to why Keith Gordon would be a good pick. Uh, he said Keith Gordon is a master of mechanical beauty, has an ability to bring a unique style and vision to a team project, has an incisive sense of human nature, and his work blurs the lines between good and bad. And, uh, you know, all of those things seem like uh, critical uh, components to, you know, successfully directing episode nine. So um, I think that would be that would be great. Uh, or someone like that would be great. Again, I'm not really familiar with Keith Gordon, but um uh, Anthony Bresnikin lays out a compelling argument, to, to say the least. So um, definitely follow the link in the show notes and check out that article too. Um, and then I think uh, just to sort of start to wrap up here, a couple other uh, things to consider is I'm really interested in where the script is right now. Um, I'm really interested in if the script that Trevorrow put together is going to continue to be the if that's going to continue to be the the sort of bones of episode nine or if that script is really going to going to continue to be um what they're working with for episode nine or if you know removing trevorrow means kind of not starting over but uh but really having somebody else come in and, and kind of put together their own script i mean i think it would have to be at least probably based on colin trevorrow's concepts for the film unless we're gonna push it back two years or something um but uh, i just wonder if it seems unlikely that they're going to make a film based on or you know really built on colin trevorrow's script when colin trevorrow is not even doing the movie anymore um I guess and they didn't really like the script. <laughs> that's what it seems to be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it seems to be. So I'm just curious as to how this is going to look, you know, um, they talked about how they sort of started episode nine over again when Carrie Fisher passed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just feels like the story for nine, at least Colin Trevorrow's story for nine must be fairly fleshed out at this point. So then, I just wonder how much of it remains in, in the actual shooting script, the final script, um, and, and how that's all gonna, how that's all gonna shake out. Um, it seems like it's going to be a lot of work. It seems like it'll need a lot of work before they'll be able to get this going. Um, we want to talk release date real quick before we, uh, before we wrap up. Yeah. Um, not May. I'm thinking not May. Yeah. If not if they May. keep it, if they keep it at May, um, I'll be pretty nervous um, about the, the ability to pull this off by then. But uh, I think I think December. I mean, it just seems logical. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's always the possibility that even that would be, um, you know, tough to 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 make at this point, depending on how much um, work the movie's going to need. But. I don't know. I think back to the process of making episode seven and it's, it sounds like um, JJ and Lawrence Kasdan were really kind of finishing that script right up to the time of shooting and that they even did a lot of reworking of the script after Harrison Ford's accident. So, you know, um, I guess it's possible that, uh, you know, whoever's going to be working on this movie, depending on who it is, could be just plugging away at it over the next four months and they can still start, start shooting in January. But, um, but I feel like it would make more sense 
um, for it to be, you know, pushed back about six months and have the movie come out in December, which I'd actually love to see it there anyway. Yeah. So, um, so we'll see. I, I wonder too, like how much the actor schedules and things like that, uh, plays into it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. cause I'm sure they have blocked off, you know, January to September or something of next year. Um, so if they now have to adjust that and make it a, you know, May to January shooting schedule instead or something, if, uh, if that's going to be tenable for everybody involved, but, uh, I don't know, I've got a feeling that, um, you know, if Daisy Ridley or John Boyega or someone are signed on for, for a movie that's, uh, that's supposed to be made in the second half of 2018, that, um, they'll, they have a clause in their contract where they either have to back out of those movies or, you know, Lucasfilm and Disney can throw their weight around and push back the, the, the production on <laughs> movies like that. I, I'm sure that yeah. that'll work out one way or the other, but, but I, I love the symmetry of, uh, you know, all three of these movies in this trilogy releasing in December of, you know, 15, 17 and 19. I think that would work for me. Sure. Cool. Um, all right. Last thing here before we, uh, before we, um, call it a day, uh, how you're, how are you feeling about episode nine at this point? Like where, where is your, uh, anxiety level with the movie after this week's announcements? Um, <laughs> about the same as when, uh, Colin Trevorrow was, uh, writing and then directing it. Mm-hmm. Um, cause again, just like, just not being a fan of his films. How about you? Yeah, I would say that uh, I actually feel better about the movie now than I did um, when Trevor was doing it. Um, you know, hurl hurl your uh, accusations of like fanboy and uh, you know Lucasfilm apologist or whatever my way if you want. But uh, mm. but I I really feel like you know like like we've pointed out throughout the show that this is this is them making a tough call to do what's best for the movie, and I'm happy about that. And I also feel like. Um, I think, you know, as we discussed, I think it's probably pretty likely that Ryan Johnson is going to be involved in episode nine, even if it's just writing episode nine, um, I'm still going to feel way better about the movie than I did before. Um, and I, I think that they are going to, I don't think they're going to play around with this when, when it comes to replacing, um, Colin Trevorrow, I think that, um, we're going to see an announcement and it's going to be reassuring and, uh, I just, you know, I think Colin Trevorrow was an interesting choice. Um, I would be really happy for for him and for everybody involved if it had worked out. You know, I, I'm sorry that it didn't work out for him. But I think a lot of us, you know, like you said, were nervous for a long time. And this seems to be about undoing something that, you know, turned out to be a mistake. And I think they will undo this mistake by really bringing in someone who is just going to be a powerhouse. And, and again, I hope it's Ryan Johnson. If it's Ryan and JJ, if it's, you know, if it's someone else, if, you know, if it was Ava DuVernay or Patty Jenkins or, or somebody we haven't mentioned, but I I think that, um, I don't think we're going to have the same type of feelings about whoever's announced to take over that we did about, um, Colin Trevorrow when, when he was announced in the first place, I think it's going to be a much more reassuring and, uh, and, uh, I don't want, I don't want to say safe, but, uh, just a reassuring choice. So, so I'm actually feeling good about it, you know, and if they move it back to December, um, to accommodate this, then I think that's ultimately going to be a good thing for the movie too. And, and yeah, I just, 
you know, it's not, it's never a good thing when someone loses their job. And I feel, you know, it's, it's not good that um, Lucasfilm has had to keep kind of changing course with, with the directors of these movies. But um, in this case, I think that the final product, um, I think the movie itself is, is going to be better for it. And so that's a good thing. Yep. I agree. All right, cool. So um, let's go ahead and wrap up here. Um, thank you for watching and listening. And uh, I hope you will, you know, continue to watch and listen. Um, you could do that by going to our blog, the blockade runner podcast.com. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe and uh, let us know what you think about the show. Um, if you want to comment uh, further or, you know, ask a question or whatever it may be, um, you can email us at blockaderunnerpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we have been putting up blog posts pretty regularly at blockaderunnerpodcast.com. So, um, that's been fun, uh, especially, uh, we've been posting every week about the stuff we've been buying. Um, <laughs> so that, that's been cool. Um, just with force Friday and, and episode nine merch. Uh, but we also, um, we've been, we've been buying a lot of stuff, um, on the secondhand market for our, uh, series of shows, the power of the nineties. And, uh, that is something that, uh, I, I hope you will, um, check out, uh, either on YouTube or, or at our blog or, you know, by subscribing on iTunes, uh, to the podcast, uh, power of the nineties is, is us looking at all things star Wars in each year of that decade. And it's been super fun. We've been looking at a bunch of stuff that uh, I hadn't seen before. I've been playing games, um, books, you know, getting up, getting ready to be looking at the toys that were released in the nineties. So it's just been super, super fun. And, um, that's something I think is, is definitely worth checking out. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to doing more uh, Power of the 90s shows. So, um, but yeah, we'll be back with another one of those probably pretty soon. And, uh, you know, with Star Wars, who knows what's going to happen? Uh, I might have a, an episode eight trailer. I, <laughs> I was going to say, Ryan, um, I, I've been saying all week, like, you know, there's been some bad news lately um, when it comes to Star Wars film productions. Um, <laughs> that's kind of been the, the dominating, uh, the dominating uh, talk in the news what would really make me feel good right now is an episode eight trailer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I would love that. So um, I incorrectly predicted it might be before force Friday. That did not happen. No, uh, but it's got to happen soon. It's got to happen, you know, by at least sometime in the next month. So uh, when that drops, I will be, uh, we'll both be super excited and uh, we'll definitely be talking about that. But uh but otherwise, yeah, keep, uh, you know, stay tuned in to blockadewarnerpodcast.com. Subscribe on iTunes and or YouTube. And uh, and thanks for joining us, Ryan. Hope you have a wonderful Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, you as well. Did you notice I look like a Praetorian guard today? Um, like, I, I'm so sunburned. You, you got a little bit of sun. I yeah. did. Yeah. So, but anyway, yeah, uh, have a great Sunday. Thanks for uh, bearing through these uh these technical difficulties with me mm. and uh, may the force be with you. <laughs>